Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're going to pray that we've got the 360 uh, series that we're carrying on this morning. And oh, look, this is my, this is my screensaver. <laughs> That's my baby Isabella. So how cute, right? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> I am completely besotted. I never knew how besotted you could be. So um, we're carrying on our 360 uh, series. It's been an amazing series. I have learned so much from it. Um, I have appreciated, and what, about, what I love about the series is that we're giving ourselves an opportunity to look at ourselves in 360 degrees fashion of how God has called us to be ministers, that what we have on the inside and what we're able to give and what God can do in us as we look around ourselves, really, in a 360, look all the way around. And so I found it very empowering. Last Sunday's message was absolutely incredible. If you haven't heard the podcast, I encourage you to do so because if you feel like you are broken and fractured, I want you to say that Jesus can do the most with you. So it was an amazing message from Pastor Kevin. So that's why I'm really excited about tonight's message as well. And uh, Scott Wilson also brought an incredible message to us uh, too. So listen to these podcasts and really apply them to your lives because God is calling us to minister. This is a time we've spoken about the fact that in in the new year we would be a presence culture, a ministering church and a worshipping church, worshipping first and uh, that there is going to be new wine being poured out over our lives, new oil, new grain, the new word, the new anointing and the new ministry and you are very much part of that. So whether you're visiting today or whether you come to the church all the time, I want you to know that this is a word for you that God has brought you today here for a reason. Everything that we've heard this morning and goes towards the message that I'm preaching today. So um, I want to start off by just praying and giving it all to God and asking you to open up your heart to the Word of God this morning. So let us pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you that you planned it way, 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 way back. Before we were even formed, you planned today. So today we thank you for today and we celebrate it. But Lord, we thank you for the purpose of it. It's not just another day. It is a day that you have fashioned that we can grab a hold of you in a greater dimension and we can live out your purpose. We thank you that we are called. We thank you that you love us and we thank you for the grace that is over us. And Lord, we open up our hearts to you now and pray that you would move and speak deeply into them in Jesus' name. Amen. Who agrees with me this morning? Are you still with me? It feels like we've had a whole morning already, right? We've had a feast already. So I'd like you to turn to Ephesians 2. And uh, there is this amazing scripture that I've just been holding on to for so long. I've been feasting on it for so long. And it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to do. And it blows me away, this uh, scripture, because it speaks about us being his creation, being his design. But not only that are we his creation and his design, we have been designed for good works. And not only have we been designed for good works, but good works that have been prepared in advance. 
It just shows how God has got your life just mapped out and planned out to bless you. And I I find it incredible how the genius of God that we have been created uniquely, dynamically by God in advance to do good works. That makes you feel valued. That makes you feel special. That makes you feel someone who has purpose because your purpose isn't the same as the person sitting next to you this morning. That you actually are uniquely designed for something so great. So I want you to settle that into your hearts this morning as we start on this message because you must remember you were created by God to do good works in Christ Jesus. Amen to that. Okay. So I believe that God has brought you to this place and just as OJ spoke that word this morning that there are times and seasons but I believe that God brings you into place to be able to bring that thing that is in you out. The good thing that he's put in you, the design that he designed you to be able to accomplish that what it is. So this is the right time for you. You're in the right place. You're doing the right thing because God can use you when you come to that place where realization that I'm not just a nobody here. I am somebody who has been put on this planet to accomplish something. One of my biggest things that I want to try not to happen is that when I die that I don't leave a mark. When I die, that I don't leave an imprint. That it's like, yeah, what, who? <laughs> Not that I want to be famous, right? But I just want to be able to leave something in someone's life that it goes on and on and on what I put into somebody else. That is my greatest heart, my greatest passion is to put into other people. And so I want to bring you to a scripture this morning that I'm going to unpack if that's okay with you. And uh, we're going to, I find it, it's one of my favorite scriptures and I find it uh, praying it over the church a lot as well. So I want you to come with me to 2 Kings 4 this morning. And you'll be very familiar with this scripture. If you haven't been in church, this would be the first time you've heard it. And it is a great story. It's actually not just a story, it's an account. In 2 Kings 4, verse 1, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys. We'll get a thumbs up in a minute, making sure there is no actual fire. Well, who's awake now? If you're on the podcast, we've just had the fire alarms go off. So, good job we're not preaching about fire this morning. That actually happened once. Are we okay? Thumbs up? Uh, Just doing a fire drill. Who are the children's church or something? (laughs) Amazing. Right, okay. Let's, um, well, should we start the scripture again, shall we? Do you like my comeback? Right, okay. So, here we go. Right. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, this groundhog day, uh, your servant, my husband, is dead and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door. 
behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it on one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. Debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. And I find it an incredible, uh, incredible account of what goes on here and the miracle that just happens with a woman who is in such a desperate situation. She's in this situation. I want to carry, I want to go like four parts over this scripture. And that's the situation, the definition, the miracle, and the activation. And the situation that she has here is that she's in such a desperate need because if something doesn't happen, they're coming to take her sons away. And her now and her tomorrow are completely and utterly wiped out. And here she is, and I find this woman so inspiring because she approaches Elisha and she, she tells him the situation, but she always also says, look, I'm still connected. My husband was a man of faith and my husband had the company with men of faith. He was probably one of Elisha's disciples. And here she, here she is, and because she had kept company because she had kept around people of faith she was in a perfect position to come and ask for help and I want to say to you this morning it's very tempting in our lives when things go very very wrong to run away from the people you need to be around to run away from church we've all been there when something horrible happens in our life and just as you heard Pilar's testimony this morning she ran to church not away from church and we can have the tendency that when something terrible happens we just want to run away but I want to say to you settle in your heart right now to keep being around people of faith to keep having a company with those who can build you up for those and come to a place where you're positioned for a miracle because if you stay away from church you are not positioned for a miracle but I'm preaching to the converted this morning because you're in church but I want to say to you keep that in your head because sometimes you get so despondent with life you get so confused with life that you run in the wrong direction rather than in the right direction so put that in your belt and remain in that part there to remind yourself. It was only because she was a, had this relationship with this man of God that she, he, she could hear the words, how can I help you? And I believe this is where we're at as a church. We've brought our first fruits. We've come at the beginning of the year. We've honoured God. We've come. And now I hear the words echoing over your hearts and over you this morning, how can I help you? How can I help you bring out for whatever you were made for? How can I help you connect with that very thing on the inside for what you were designed and purposed for? And he's bringing this word to you right now. And this is the situation that I believe that we're in right now saying, how can I help you? How amazing if she hadn't have been in that company with those people that she would never have had that breakthrough she would never have had that miracle and I I sincerely believe that you're in the right place at the right time for God to meet with you and God to touch your life 
You see, it's so easy. He said to her, what do you have in the house? And her first response was, nothing. And it's so easy to look at what we don't have rather than what we do have. Have you ever done one of those job thingies, what, uh, what they called, when you have to go and you have to say all the strengths about yourself and all the weaknesses about yourself? Well, it's so easy to speak about the weaknesses and, and less easy to speak about the strengths. It's the way we're naturally wired. But it's so often that we don't know what we have in the house because we've not looked at what we have on the inside. And so she looked at what she had. and I don't have anything except a jar of oil. And at that moment of realisation that she actually had something, friend, how does a one jar of oil save you and your sons? It doesn't even make sense. And sometimes you look at something within your heart and your life, a gift or whatever you've been given within your heart, and you think, this doesn't make sense. How could this change someone else's life? How could this change my family's life? How could this change my situation? But if it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. Because that's the way that God works. Are you hearing me this morning? And I want you, throughout the course of this message, to have a 360 look at yourself and see what it is that God has placed in your house, in here, that he wants to work a miracle on, that he wants to use and he wants to bring because you've been designed and fashioned for that very thing, for good works. Amen? Amen. And so that was the situation she was in. But now what I want to bring you to is the definition. And this is the part of the message where I really want you, even if you're listening, to start writing down even things that God might be saying to you about what you might have on the inside. You see... She had to define what was in the house. If she had never defined, it would never have been used. And if you don't define the gift upon your life, how is it going to be used? If you don't define the very thing, that things that he's given you on the inside, how can they possibly be given to him to, to bring more? So... I think we just get on with life and we don't think about these things and we don't define. Often, when we do get that moment where our lives, we get a situation, we get a circumstance, then we pull this thing in, out from us because it's almost demanded something to come out of us. And so here here, uh, she is and she says, I have, except I have a jar of oil. And in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, it says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Our gift is not for ourselves, but it's for others. And so I was talking to the young adults the other day. We we met and I was talking to the young adults and I was saying how, what generation we're called right now. Uh, Last generation was the X generation. This is now the Y generation. But one of the things that 
concerned me was the fact that now this generation is called the me generation. That it's a self, selfie, selfish generation. And I believe that this is the time for the church to step in and say, no, it's not actually about me. It's about others. That's what's going to make the church shine even more is the fact that it's others first. And we look out for others and we leave a mark on others because that's the difference between a a me generation and a generation that's willing to rise up and put their life into somebody else. If you think about even your own life and the people who have put into your life, who have been selfless to make sure you become and impart into you the things that are needed for you to be where you are today. That's what we need more of, is people imparting into one another and ministering to one another. Often we don't look at what we have on the inside because we just can't recognise it. You know, and many people come to me as a pastor, I don't know what I'm meant to do. Yeah? I don't know what I'm meant to do for God. I don't know what I can bring to the church. But I want you to know you have gifts on the inside. You have natural gifts. You have spiritual gifts. And I want to help you define them today so that you can start to be able to offer them and a miracle can work upon them. Are you all hearing me today or are you still in shock of the fire alarm? (laughs) We retract because we don't think we have something good or we don't think we are good enough. We don't know what we have or we feel it's too significant to be of worth and I just want to say to you right now that the people on the stage that do stuff right now they're not just the ones who have gifts they're not just the ones who are capable and able of ministering we are all have gifts we are all ministers and we all have something to give And so I want to encourage you right now that that's who you are. Let's barbecue that holy cow that it's only the people here that are anointed and ministers, all right? You sitting in your seat have the gifts and the call and the purpose on your life. Just as Pilar said, some of it is is led by the Spirit, but it's the most natural thing at the same time that will impact someone's life. And in Romans well, I'm going to help you, just as I go through these things, I want to help you identify spiritual and natural things in your life that are a gift from God you were made for in Christ in advance, to do in advance, okay? So I want you, if you have notes, take notes. In Romans 12, 6, it says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy... Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. 
love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. As I'm speaking, I'm just believing the Holy Spirit's going to drop things into your heart. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to, teach, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to one just as he determines. Friends, I want to say you have something so amazing in you. I just want you to see what you have. I want you to connect with the gift that God has given you. There is nothing worse than staring at a gift that is totally unwrapped, wondering what is inside. You ever seen the Christmas presents and you're looking at the Christmas present and you, and you, you think you know what it is. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe it's a box because someone's disguised it. I don't know. But there is gifts and things inside of you still waiting to be unwrapped so that you can minister to the body of Christ and you can minister to one another and you can minister to those who do not know him yet. You have something in you. You've just got to define it like the woman with the oil said, except a jar of oil. And this is you this morning. I want you to understand it doesn't have to be this super spiritual gift that you have on your life. Do you remember Dorcas in the Bible? She made all these clothing out of kindness. She made these clothing for everyone. And when she died one day, they sent for Peter and says, you've got to raise this woman up from the dead because she made all these garments for us. And there's Peter and he raises Dorcas up from the dead just because she could really sew well. <laughs> so, you know, then, she, then the, the, the town hears about it and, and then this, after this miracle happens that she's raised from the dead, people start to get saved. So something of a natural uh, gift turns in, uh, into the hands of God, turns into something miraculous and turns into something that brings people to Jesus Christ. That was Dorcas. All she could do was sew, but she served and she loved and she brought kindness onto somebody else so much so they said, get that woman alive quick. We want our garments back. How about David? He, was a, he just played an instrument. He had the gift of music upon his life, but they brought him to Saul because Saul had the tormenting spirit and every time that David played, the tormenting spirit left him. So God can take your natural gift of your music ability and when he puts his anointing on it in the hands of God, it becomes something so powerful and so miraculous. Are you hearing me today? It can be a natural gift, but when it's put into the hands of God, an anointing comes on it and it becomes something so different and so much greater what about the boy with the five loaves and two fishes no two fishes and five loaves <laughs> just making sure you're listening how about him he comes and he wasn't frightened of bringing something that was so tiny that was meant to feed five thousand people five loaves two fishes and in his innocent of his heart this is all i have but i'm going to give it to you doesn't make sense it's got to be god 
It can be, you can feel like it's so small and so insignificant, the very thing that you have. It was just a jar of oil. How was it going to save her sons from being taken away? But in the hands of God, anything can happen. Your gift is not too small. Your gift is not too insignificant. It is powerful. It was given to you as you were created in him to do good things in advance. What about the woman who had the two mites? She had given all that she had. Because she wanted to honour God. It was the smallest thing in the eyes of everybody else, but it was everything to her. You might think that people might look at you and say, well, that's not much. Why would she give that? She gave everything. And it's being bold enough to give everything. I want to say to you, you must define what you have so that God can do something powerful with it. You might be saying, oh, I already minister in this or I already minister in that. Don't think that God just gives you one gift. Oh, come on. He doesn't withhold like that. God gives you so much. And you have to have the faith. You know, Pastor Julian that came a couple of weeks ago, he is a man that has a gift of faith. You only have to be around in five minutes and you feel like the whole world could be taken over. He has that much faith. But there comes the miracle, okay? So here she is. And he says, take that jar of oil and start to pour. And I want to tell you that we don't have to give what is perfect. God is not looking for perfectionism. He's not looking for your gift to be perfect before it can be used. Are you still with me this morning? Because we say, this isn't good enough. I can't give it. But he says it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be the best you have. Okay, let's release ourselves off of some striving here this morning and some kind of thing that says, I, I don't have much to give or it's not really very good whatever I can give. As I say, it, that's the perfect ingredient because I tell you why. It says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So if it, as Kevin said, if it's not perfect, he can do something with it. But all he wants is your best. He doesn't want you to have to try and be perfect to be able to bring something. You just bring the best you have and he does a miracle with it. Amen? I remember when we first started this church, it was 22 years ago, is it now? I don't know, I'm losing track now. But one of the first girls that came into the church, we had her, her boyfriend was already in the church, and then she was unsaved, she didn't know God at all, and she hated Christians. And uh, so when she met me and Kev, you know, we would say something to her and try and have a conversation with her, and all we would get back was like, Bruh. Just a grunt. That's all you would get. Because I'm, I'm not giving, even giving you the time of day because you're a Christian. Well, the, she was going through exams one day. And uh, Kevin said, do you know what? She loves drinking coffee. That get, who, who knows the student thing? Drink coffee. Get yourself through exams. He says, so actually I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make her a cake that she can have with her coffee. 
And he put a really funny picture because my husband, Pastor Kevin, is really good at drawing and doing cartoon characters. So he did a cartoon character of a drinking a coffee and wide-eyed and all the rest of it. Put that in with cake and said, we're praying for you for your exams, all right? Gave that to her. Later on, she'd phoned, says, thank you. And I just said the word, bless you, at the end. And I didn't know the impact that actually had on her. She came to church the next Sunday and she gave her life to Christ through a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, it's that, it's, you're a good cook, go and bless someone with it. Come on, I'm trying to help you understand how you can do something so great and you can bring it and in the hands of God it comes something so exciting it changes someone's life. You see, he doesn't, you see, the, the good thing is, is we're earthen vessels. We're all unique, we're all different, and we're not perfect. Well, that's the perfect ingredient for God, because as we heard last week, he can do stuff with that, and that's fine. Because then it's, we can see that it's of God, and it's not of us. Yeah. And then God gets the glory, not us. And so, the last thing is the activation. She closed the door and the miracle starts to take place. She gets that little jar of oil by faith, which does not make sense. Come on, let's really think about it. You get a little jar of oil out of your cupboard, and you think it's just going to keep pouring, keep pouring, keep pouring, and keep pouring. Doesn't make sense, does it? Not in the slightest. But she decided, I'm going to do what God says over my life, not what I see. And so she takes this jar of oil and she starts pouring and she starts pouring. And in in the end, there's just not enough vessels to keep filling, uh, to keep filling. And she said, go, they said, go and gather vessels and not just a few. You see, you've got to have faith to pour. Mm. Once you define what you have on the inside, you've got to have the faith to then take a step to do it. You've got to activate it. Because you might have the knowledge and understanding of what you have, but it's the faith that starts to activate. If someone says, go and pray for someone, go and do a kind thing for someone, God says, do this or do that, you've got to have the faith to activate. Trust me, you've got to have the faith to activate it. When we baked that cake for that girl, we thought, this is do or die. She's going to hate us even more, or she's going to love us. But you know, there's a faith step that you have to take. And you know... You know my testimony, so shy, so insecure, but I decided I'm going to love God, I'm going to love people, and he did all the rest. This is a woman here standing before you that could not even speak to anyone. As a hairdresser, she used to hide in the corner rather than look in the mirror at herself. Shy, insecure, but when you decide what I have, imperfect as it is, I'm going to give to God He does the rest. I'm a living testimony of that very thing. You see, you might have a gift of hospitality. You might have that gift of encouragement. You might have that gift of kindness. You might have a gift of prophecy. You might have a gift of faith. You might have a gift of healing. You might be able to cook. You might be able to sew. You might be able to just make someone feel great about themselves. You might have a great smile like Robin Munro. You might have, you know, who knows? There is, but you have to define it. You have to define it and give it so God can pour out of it. But the other thing that needs to happen... And listen to me here. 
We have to tell each other what is in each other. Because when a gift is natural, you often can't see it. Okay? Because it just naturally comes out of you. So it's very hard to define it. So it's our job for one another to tell one another what we see in one another. Lillian, a teacher. Stuart, prophetic. Andy, pastoral. You can start speaking into people what you can see in them because then that helps them define in us. And that's our job to do that with one another. And it's such an incredible thing to start encouraging one another to see what they have on the inside. Last thing I want to say before I finish this morning. Whatever you bring to the house will free your sons and daughters. She brought that little jar of oil and it changed her present and her future. It released her sons out of slavery. It made a way for the next generation. If she had not had faith to pour, her sons would have been taken away. She got her sons to go and gather the vessels and they were part of the miracle. Bring your children into the church and let them see the miracles. Let them hear the testimonies. Take them on the same journey that you are going on, believing, but let your gift come out so they see you respond by faith. They see you pour even though it doesn't make sense to pour. They see you giving even though it doesn't make sense to give. And in doing so, a whole generation is going to see the glory of God. A whole generation is going to be led into the giftings because they're going to see them in front of their eyes. They're going to see them, they're going to see us doing great and marvelous things out of the gift that we've been made to do and be so encouraged by it and grab a hold of faith themselves. So when you do this, when you define your gift, bring your gift, pour your gift, know it's not in knowing it's not just for you, it's the generations to come. If you don't have children, do it for others or do it for your children that will come one day. Because there's nothing greater than seeing a generation rise up, not a me generation, but a generation that will look out for others. So four things I want you to remember. Define what you have. Ask others what you have. And encourage one another. What is, what is your gift? What is my gift? Number two, make a decision to use it and apply faith to it. Number three, seek opportunity to pour it into somebody else. One of the greatest things in my life is seeing, is pouring my life into someone else's life to see them raised up, to see their life changed. It is the most incredible and empowering thing I think I've ever experienced apart from being a grandma. Number four, serve the house of God within. 
Don't run away, run to. It's not insignificant, your gift. It is definitely worth it. However small, however large, in the hands of God, it can become more than what you ever thought or imagined. So I really want to encourage you to define, define, do a 360 on yourself and define what it is, what is the gift upon your life. Let's stand up, shall we? I really believe as we grab a hold of this and we start ministering to one another as a church, we start praying and believing and having faith for one another as a church, we're going to see incredible things happen. Let's just close our eyes, shall we? And let's just pray. Father. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.